ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of a certain age, it's time again to go into Hell's Kitchen. Time for the Red Bandit himself, Daredevil. This episode 8, called Upstairs, Downstairs. And with me, I bring an old buddy, Eric Scott. If this season has taught me anything, is to be very, very afraid of any place covered in plastic tarp. Now, as soon as you see that, if there's no painting going on, you you get out. You get out just, immediately. Just, just got to turn and run. Yep. Yeah. But then again, even if painting's going on, sometimes you're still going to get waxed. Yep. So, Eric, I mean, we're starting this episode in a weird way because it's kind of after the aftermath. Right. Like it, last episode was kind of like a little diversion. And yeah. Kind of we kind of like pick up almost where episode six left off, at least for Dex anyway. It's, it's good storytelling so far. I wasn't expecting to see old Dex coming in afterwards. Yeah, and he's still got his costume or the well, Matt's costume on. And, 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 he, and he's looking for a little bit of stability in his life. Yeah, you know, the, the little bee, bee, bee background buzzing sounds back and. You know, he goes to his little set of tapes from his old therapist, and suddenly the bees go away, and everything's all right in the world again. Yeah, and he begins looking for for his his stabilizing backbone, which are his tapes, obviously. Uh, and a lot happens in this episode. You had kind of uh, prepped me a little bit that this is jam packed. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really dense, and I mean that in a you know busy way not not a dumb way uh, like every major character practically every minor character has something going on there's some major plot decision happening or just something going on with everybody well and you know i was waiting because the way these episodes have been structured these last i guess four we had no real idea what foggy's plan was and how well, and how he would actually execute mhm yeah, he I, kind of stumbled across, you know, pieces of information from like Marcy's briefs, which is a nice silly joke about that. Yeah, that no, Karen, no pun intended. Karen, yeah, the Karen didn't appreciate. Yeah, and then yeah, now he's piecing it all together, and he's trying to you know get Karen to go in on it with him. And they they were talking like in episode four about his candidacy as a write-in campaign, and I hadn't heard anything about that until yeah. really today. Or this episode, I should say. Yeah, because it's been kind of quiet for that, and then now he's going to his um, whatever it is, uh, club to try to ambush the DA and try to at least kind of get some notice. Maybe try to sway some people into voting for him instead of the DA. Yeah, and we also have Matt and uh, Nadim working together. Now that was, I'm trying to think now. That is a direct overlay from last episode where right, that that left off with him matt breaking the Nadim's basement and trying to say or that they're trying to he's trying to convince that someone's on the inside is working against fisk and Nadine didn't believe it yes so it, it's it's weird how they've interleaved these the this episode because you really are are transforming time a little bit we get one particular carryover which is Nadim and matt and then Dex, and we start to build him out a little bit further. Right, yeah, and I couldn't really tell, like, there's obviously the scene where he comes home at night, probably right after the attack from the Bolton, which was, I guess, in the late evening, 
And then after some light housekeeping that he does in his costume, which is hilarious, then he, I guess the next morning or a day or two later, I'm not sure when, like he's out jogging, trying to track down Julie. So I wasn't quite sure the time jump. Yeah, I think we, I don't think we can get mired into it. I just found it interesting that we were, that the narrative has been able to interleave this as well as it has. There were a few issues for me, which we talked a little bit before the episode that I completely missed. I, I got up to get a cup of coffee, and if you do that, you will really lose a hold of what's going on. And we'll get into exactly where I where I missed it. Uh, we also get, let's see, uh, what were some of the big standout moments? Uh, well, there's a lot of great acting. I mean, and I guess we'll, we'll get to the big final scenes later, but um, just... Maybe the first couple where like Dex is trying to convince Julie that you know he's he's not a creepy stalker you know he really wants to talk to her and you can really feel they make you want to really feel for Dex I mean you know where he's going he's bullseye he's gonna go off the deep end he's gonna become a complete sociopath right but you really just feel you're kind of like rooting for him not to do that almost you know yeah and it and it seems as though well at least the story that he gives is that he's looking. You know, on the subtext of it, he's looking for that stabilizing figure, somebody to take the role of the therapist that left. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily buy into it, but I will accept it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's has to eventually, you know, go to the dark side, so to speak. So, you know, he's still clinging on to anything and anybody that can maybe keep him, you know, keep the bees away, keep him on more or less the straight and narrow. Was he looking for um, a therapist or what do you, th I, was it a relationship? See, that's the part that I couldn't, I, I couldn't kind of separate from. Yeah, I wasn't too sure. I mean, I guess he did say at one point to Julie, like he wasn't into her that way. I guess that way means maybe romantically or whatever, but so maybe it's more just like he wanted some kind of like lifeline. Like she was good on the suicide prevention hotline, talking people down. So maybe he thought he could get her to help him, I guess, yeah. retain his sanity or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's. I mean, I I got that part. I just, you know, the way they set it up was more of a romantic relationship that went completely sideways. Yeah, that first time, but yeah, he totally he creeped her out and she ran away from him, and yeah. <laughs> but she accepts. Yeah, she says, "Okay, fine. I'll we'll we'll give it a shot," you know. And and then in a little kind of creepy scene at, at the um, coffee shop, you see like you know a camera mm -hmm. watching him, and you kind of wonder like, is that you know, who's watching them, or is that just a kind of just like a hint or something? Okay, now this starts to get into some issues. Now I did see this part with the camera obviously recording, and I figured, okay, it's it's Wilson Fisk, you know, looking at what's going on. You know, you can only assume that because he's got his multimedia uh layer in his penthouse yeah and, and he's keeping track of every single person that's of interest to him and dex is one of them yeah right i mean it, it that he is his attack dog in a sense mm -hmm. um and then we get into matt and nadim have worked out an angle to at least get information uh or get evidence that dex is playing as daredevil Yep, they're going to try to break into his apartment, and if they see anything, then they'll 
I guess, like trip a fire alarm to, I guess, get the fire department can bust in. And I guess that somehow gives them a way to circumvent getting a search warrant. They can just walk into the apartment because there's a fire or something. And... I guess. I mean, this, I, I don't know if that's how the law works, but it does yeah. in Hell's Kitchen. Exactly. So we, we, we accept that. However, Dex comes home early because the FBI, the, the boys in the department have all ponied up to give uh, Dex the ability to sue the department for wrongful suspension. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a, a complete ploy for Matt and Nadim to search around, which it looks like they don't find anything. Right, they don't find that the, the suit's gone, so Dex is sometime between the night he got home and whenever this is happening has stashed the suit somewhere else. But they do find, or Matt finds, his uh, therapy tapes and starts listening to them and about him killing birds and cats with rocks. And... So he's, he's, he's doing a little bit of investigative work to find out who the man behind the mask is. Right, but that's not enough for Nadim because that's not enough, that's, not, that's any, not any kind of evidence that can you know, arrest Dex or prove that he's tied to Fisk. Right. So Dex gets home early. Let me, I want to make sure I get the timing of this right. And he, he, I guess he overhears them talking in his apartment. Yeah, I think like Nadim and Matt were arguing or Nadim was getting a little loud. And I think Dex heard that outside the door. Okay. And then, then we start getting into what I, I, I like into a geography problem. Am I correct in this, that Nadim and Matt, obviously Matt hears Dex coming. Do they go to the upstairs apartment? I was thinking about that with what they say afterwards. I, I thought they had gone across the street somehow. Uh, okay, I thought so too. But, but the way I, they were, but the, the way they were shooting later, he was saying like it came from the alley. No, it came from up downstairs. I'm like, well, did they just go upstairs then? And he's bouncing the shots like off the building across the street. Back, I did. Okay, I I I think I did figure it out. I, when Dex goes to the window, he hears there's this audible sound of a window closing. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I think it's above him. And what looks like Dex is shooting across the way, he's actually bouncing the bullets and ricocheting them up into the window. But he's using the reflection of the window across the street to see them, which is insane. Yep, but that's his magical superpower, so to do impossible ricochet shots and all that. Well, and then as Dex is even walking in, he grabs these glass shards off the sconce. I know, that that was so cool. You, you knew what he was going to do with those. It was just, oh, of course, just anything lying around is any kind of Ugh. weapon. Well, and we, and that's the payoff from, obviously, Aftermath, where, where he's throwing staplers for Pete's sakes and, <laughs> right. and, and, and just a one-man wrecking crew. Yeah, so, so then after after yeah. Nadim and them, you know, I guess yeah, the the first volley, Nadim gets shot. You know, he gets out. Matt's, you know, I guess climbing up the fire escape, and then Dex is just whipping those crystal shards up at him, trying to take him out. Well, that and was, we don't. Great. And I didn't know. I thought Nadim was shot, but I wasn't positive because I was like, "Ooh, he he just took a hit," but that kind of gets glossed over. Yeah, at least for a little while. They, they yeah. explain it later, but yeah, you weren't quite sure. But he was kind of like walking with like his hand, or like when he's trying to hide from the cops in the stairwell, 
he kind of seemed like he was hurt or something. Yeah. Ugh. Something. So we'll go ahead and and then smash that back, and we get over to what was it? Foggy now. Yeah. So he and Karen are, or wait, which one? Yeah, he and Karen are talking about what to do later to try to f- not frame Fist, but at least get them to admit or tr- try to get evidence to, to put Fist back in jail. Right, and it seems as though he's decided to use his work with the meats and his the the, the family meat company uh, to get into basically kind of an argument with the guy who's actually running for attorney general. Yeah, the DA, yeah. He, DA, he's, he's DA. Al- he's allowed as a member of this club, I guess, to ask questions at this, whatever, endorsement meeting. So really, it's more like trying to get a setup to try to get him and the DA to, I guess, argue or have a, have a debate. Yeah. And lay, out his, and lay out his Fisk theory to everybody. And it seems like their angle is to, because there's no statute of limitations on murder, that they're going get, to get Wilson on killing his father. Yeah, that, that was what the Karen's plan. Yeah, which Foggy, Foggy might have been more just trying to say like he's working with the feds to get his competition to disappear, and now to become the the one stop shop for bribery and protection for the city. Well, I mean, it's it's that's a that's a hell of a business to get into. Yeah, which is true. That's what he's doing. Yeah, uh, and that goes a little wonky. Um, Karen doesn't show up. And she also is no longer, quote, a journalist. Right. I guess she said to Foggy earlier that I guess because she wouldn't give up Matt's identity to her boss that you know, he fired her last episode or two episodes ago. So she really can't do anything for Foggy, but he tries to convince her anyway that, you know, at least go tell him, you know, here's this wonderful story we've got. We can get Fisk. Go back and tell him he'll, you know, what's he going to do? Not let you write one more story? Right. It would be a too good of a story to 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 not to not tell. Um, she doesn't show up, and he's getting this uh, candidate all revved up, and decides to bail. When I guess he makes the connection that Karen may have gone to Fisk. Yeah, I guess as he said later, you know, he thought about all the nightmare scenarios, and the one that he thought of was Fisk uh, and Karen. You know, Karen going right to Fisk instead of to the meeting. Yeah, and, you know, it didn't dawn on me till just now. Obviously, Karen has an agenda, but I, my guess is this is the payoff because Foggy has just learned that she killed Wesley from season one. I mean, that was, he, I mean, he just learned that, what, a couple episodes ago. Is that right? It's it's been a while since I watched the previous episodes, but I I think she told him. Yeah, I know she did. I always thought that, that they knew way earlier in in season timelines, but I think I'm mistaken because it was an epiphany, and I know I I'm, I'm almost positive of this. So we're we're getting more payoffs of like Karen's. You know, for lack of a better term, indiscretions. I mean, murder is not really an indiscretion, but um, so I think he somehow connects the two. Like, okay, wait a minute, she's killed Wesley. Maybe she's just going to kill Fisk. 
Yeah, or at least provoke him into maybe assaulting her and that might somehow get him get his house arrest revoked or something. Yeah. And I wasn't quite I wasn't quite sure of the whole plot there or or, or I guess if he outright killed her then obviously now you've got murder one and then yeah. he's back in jail. Well, and when she walks to Fisk uh apartment, the the uh metal detector goes off. So I'm already assuming she's she's strapped up. Yeah, well, she always carries her piece with her all the time. Right, which they, they make a point, like, whenever she's asked that she has a gun. Uh, so she gets into this little debate with Fisk, and this scene among, I think is probably prominent for me, is the amount of no dialogue and and these silences between the two characters that I found really magical. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like I guess like what I call like you know face acting, where you know everything's like in their faces. Yeah, like, you, know, you, you can see their emotions, what what they're going through, what's in their head. You know, they they say a little bit to get under each other's skins, and you can see them like getting all worked up, and then trying to calm down, trying to recover. It's just all in their faces. It's it's a, probably one of the best scenes. At least of this episode, if not so far of the series, and I'm I, correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, Karen confirms that Matt is Daredevil to 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 Kingpin. Yeah, that's how I thought too. Like after she gets him upset about talking about him killing his father, you know, he kind of recovers and says, "Let me ask you a question." And then basically, did you know about Matt's secret life? He doesn't say. Do you know that Matt's Daredevil? He just he might have a suspicion. And then the look on her face, like, oh my god, he knows he's Daredevil. Yeah. And then he just he just says, you know, he gets a smile or the look on his face, and he just says, Thank you. So okay. I think he, so I think he didn't really know, but that right that, there that can convince him for sure. Yep, that, that yep, that's right. He's Daredevil. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. See, because if I remember correctly in this whole series in the comics. That's, I mean, that's one of the, the huge pieces is that Matt is revealed as Daredevil. And it's the kingpin that figures that, that does it to him. But it's more, this is, they're playing a longer angle on it, which is, I got to say, in some ways more interesting. But I, 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 you know, I'm thinking about, this is kind of stretching between, well, not really season two, but season one, there's a lot of plotting between the two and i i'm trying to remember who knows what and when right and i'm sure having time to sit in jail and dwell on what how he got there he's he's you know that's been probably topic number one is how do i get revenge on this guy that put me in jail so if i can find out who he is you know who his you know friends are who his relatives are who his friends are i can ruin his life i can you know or make him work for me if he wants to try and flip him later whatever. yeah and so normally in like these kinds of stories that that big reveal of uh now Wilson Fisk knows and it would be cut to another scene but instead things move slightly differently Karen pulls an ace out of her sleeve and says what was it like to not have Wesley uh have Wesley disappear. Now I don't remember this as well. I know that Wilson Fisk and Wesley were very tight in season one, 
but I thought he was more of just a uh, an arm or extension, slightly goon of Fisk. Am I missing that? I kept thinking about that too. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen season yeah. one. But I mean, I guess I mean even if he obviously he is working for Fisk, but maybe I guess however deep that relationship was, where the things he was asking him to do, maybe had some kind of bond or some kind of you're you're, you're better than my normal flunkies, you know, like more you know more like a familiar feeling with them than your average pawn. Yeah, and obviously that's the case because Fisk erupts when Karen reveals that she's the one that murdered him and dropped seven in and into him only because the clip emptied. <laughs> right. And then just the, the, the rage on his face that he screams, jumps up and then he's like, "Uh Oh, and then suddenly, you know, all the agents burst in, slam Karen to the table, you know, drag Fisk away. You know, you're like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that. I, I almost wish they had given some sort of flashback in some capacity, though you just can't at this point. It, you know, everything's so drilled down and so tight. Uh, you, you don't have that ability. So it's like, well, if you didn't see season one, you are extremely lost at this point. Mm-hmm. Or they're hoping you to go back and watch the rest of the episodes. But yeah. for, for as long as uh, <clears throat> as long as they're on Netflix, you can watch them. Yeah. Though I I did find you can buy them on Blu-ray. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I may have to, to add to my collection. Yeah, and I believe they've been mastered in 4K, which would be nice. I Ooh, think. Cool. Almost positive about that. But don't quote me on that and don't look it up. Okay, no problem. Okay. Uh so Foggy obviously it, it comes to the rescue and and in a sense uh you know, he's kind of wondering what her intentions were with that. And I'm still not entirely sure what her intentions were. Just to yeah, get I mean, a rise out of him? Yeah, or she was, I guess, trying to provoke him, I guess, to get her, somehow to get his house arrest revoked. But, you know, I guess he said, you know, it was kind of a good plan. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I guess I took my shot. And he says, yeah, but tomorrow there's going to be a whole army shooting back. Yeah, and... You know, they've been the subtext and spoken has been, look, he knows the plan better than you do. And the things that we're thinking about, he's already thought of. And the only way to get him off axis is to emotionally compromise him. And act, and so he becomes reactive rather than proactive. Yeah, if he can get off script and get off his, his methodical, you know, going down this checklist and just react emotionally, then, you know, you've got him. Yeah, because I'm thinking now she he's going to want to, he was going to want revenge on Karen at this point. So maybe his dot comes off of Matt. Yeah, because she probably wasn't a target before. She was, she was going to be spared from bullseye, you know, faux devil. In the previous episodes, but now that you know he's definitely you know on her radar near the top with everybody else with Matt and not necessarily Foggy maybe, but at least her and Matt are at the top of his list now. Yeah, this brings up before we get into uh, Dex's fall. This is the point at which I had gotten up and missed something. Dex begins to crumble uh, due to 
um, a text to Julie basically saying, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And when I'm watching this, I'm like, wait a minute, what did I miss? Because this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, she just agreed to help him. Now she's blocked him, which I don't think you get texts back saying that you've been blocked. Yeah, at least her phone calls they do, but yeah. Yeah. But then he calls her and he gets the, this number's been blocked and yeah, he's all so, enraged. And... So Eric, tell me what happened because I've missed, I missed this piece. Crucial piece. All right. So it was after the coffee shop with her and with uh, him and Julie. Uh, I guess she's going back to her house or her apartment and there's some guys painting the hallway with, you know, nice plastic tarp down. And she's like, oh, what are you guys doing? And then they just, you know, one guy pops up behind her, shoots her right in the head, and start rolling her body up in the plastic tarp. Okay. And the, and then right after that, like, the, the I don't remember the guy's name, but it's like, I guess the current Wesley kind of guy, the Kingpin, he grabs her phone, holds it up to the camera, because Kingpin's watching this on his, you know, secret camera layer, and walks off with the phone. So okay. that was probably, like, Kingpin texting... Dex as Julie saying, you know, please stop calling me. I won't ever see you again to like sever his last lifeline to not becoming his total pawn. Yeah. Now, this is how I saw it. I saw the scene on a security camera where he's holding something up. I saw it at a distance as I was as I was pouring coffee. I thought it was. Dex showing his badge, which I thought was weird, but I overlooked it. The next scene was him talking. He he walked into the FBI to mm-hmm. meet with Nadine. So I completely missed that that whole whole sequence, which threw that that reveal off, and I was at a point of confusion as Dex is about to spiral out of control, and. I, I I just threw my hands up like okay, uh, that's just the way it goes. After knowing that, it makes so much more sense. But what what we're left with is Dex just going down the deep hole. He is foundationally now broken. Yeah, I mean everything that kept him, I guess, tied to reality or sane or at least quote-unquote normal is now gone you know his his his, his lifeline's gone he knows people are onto him because people are in his house and he's you know trying to shoot them and attack them you know so he, he knows he, know, he knows the jigs up that he, and he's got nowhere to turn to now and this is the scene where he burns all of his tapes correct yeah I mean, this is the point where i guess he finally gives in he's just like well i've got nothing left i'm just going to embrace who I am. I'm I'm riding this bomb all the way down. And yeah, just everything. then he's summoned. Yep. And and if you notice when he's going into the secret layer, which he's like, I didn't know that this was even here, as he's walking in there, who do we see but those two painter guys and more plastic tarp on the ground? Ooh. Interesting. So, so I'm thinking like if if it didn't go well with Fisk, like if he wasn't satisfied that Dex was you know broken enough or now his you know willing servant so to speak that when he would walk when it's like, okay okay Dex you can leave and he'd walk out boom in the head 
Wow, that is a great call out. I did not see that. That's phenomenal. I need to watch that part again. But so, because I, I took it as a very emotional scene because, and in fact, I I just tweeted about this after I watched it. You know, this episode could have been called Mother and Father because, mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, Kingpin, you know, let's just say he's missing that Wesley in his life. And perhaps, although a different type of tool, Bullseye fills that Wesley need or that that arm, that extension that uh, Kingpin needs. And at that point, I mean, essentially, Wilson gives him therapy and saying, you know, when you have this rage, you need to let it go and let it rip. And he does. And which is, this is one of the the strange but very interesting, uh, Wilson embraces Dext, like almost like a son. Yeah, after the, the the primal scream therapy, then yeah, they you know he hugs him and like brings him close as if it's like you know they're there, it's okay, you know, no one can hurt you anymore. Almost like you know, I'm your father figure, sort of, or I'm your whatever, your your new mentor, your your new therapist, you know. Whatever. Right. Which I mean, I've heard a few things. Let me go off on a tangent slightly. Okay. Okay. You're going to be able to confirm nor deny these things. If you want to, that is okay. You will not hurt me because I, okay. I may have already read them. I've heard something to the effect that there's not a true showdown between uh, a bullseye and daredevil. And it, that would make sense given how many episodes we have left, potentially that this is just the grooming of Bullseye. And I'm going to say that maybe if that doesn't happen, we at least see Bullseye costume, and that's the end of it. Also, a few little um, during the Save Daredevil um, hashtags, Charlie Cox had said something about the future of of, uh, season four, which would be more collateral damage between the two. Yeah, I mean, I I won't... There is a... a, a Kind of a a reference to Bullseye. They don't name it specifically. But yeah, I could see where season four might have been... might have picked up more on that and then led into the full... You know, the full Bullseye, so to speak. So, based around that, you're telling me that I'm not going to see a bullseye costume. Not directly. Okay. All right. It's, a, it's more like a hint. More like what we saw sort of in the uh, a couple episodes ago with Fisk reading the notes, and they had the little scene where he's wearing the hat with the bullseye on it. Gotcha. Okay. Not okay. Quite, but some, something like that. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, that I can... I'm okay with. Because if there ever was a season four... I, I agree. That would be something interesting, a good a good enemy inside of that season. Okay. They're, they were they were laying laying foundation for something else. So 
It could have easily been fade to black at that moment, and I would have been satisfied. And then the scene that I've been waiting for <laughs> begins. It doesn't necessarily begin, begin, but there's the payoff of payoffs for me, which was, I believe, in episode one, Matt's talking about how he could always hear people's prayers and how kind of odd that was for him. While, while he, was, he was talking to um, the priest. And he and Maggie are having a discussion about where does he go from here? You know, obviously he's getting ready to go into full-blown combat map mode. And she makes the, the claim, Maggie does, that, you know, I, I, I'm going to be silent about this. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. She walks off to pray, and she's not praying to God in this particular instance. She's actually talking uh, to Matt's dad. And he overhears it and realizes that Maggie is Matt's mom. And that's a fantastic, yet again, another fantastic acting job in this episode. Where he just, you know, he's in the middle of boxing, he's in the middle of punching away, and you can hear it in the background, and he just kind of like stops, kind of staggers, like, mom? Like, no, and he just falls down in shock. Yeah. And then, you know, credits. Yeah. I, it was, it was very gut-wrenching for me, because I saw, it, it was a beautiful third act of this episode, where you have the new father, and then the the new mother at the at the end and it was just like wow what are we doing i mean emotional stakes have gotten a lot higher they've dealt with it in a way because in the comic this woman maggie denies that she is his mother but he knows only because he hears uh an arrhythmia in her heart that she's lying and nothing more is said Okay, yeah, I had stopped reading Daredevil at that point. I picked up, I guess, years later, and then when it was already known that she was his mom, so I didn't... Yeah, Yeah, I was always curious. Like, it's funny because I started ending Daredevil, like, I I probably went a couple more years after that, but I don't know how they, if they they even ever, like, dealt with that again. So that's that's curious that that she was, that, that they did use it later. Yeah, or I'm just remembering reading like you know those Marvel handbooks where they list all the characters' biographies and that mentioned in there. But yeah, oh the the Marvel universe uh, where you could just look at every character. Yeah, the official handbook that had like you know their you know all their stats so to speak. You know they could lift every, you know, more than the average person or you know and they had above average exercise. Yes, and, and then like here's basically their entire history, which basically summed up in this case you know 40 years of Daredevil. <laughs> Yeah. Oh those were those were great comics. That that whole Marvel universe like A to Z. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I used to eat those up. I know I would just read those for hours cuz it was just so full of information. It was. It was like yeah, cuz it, it was like uh can lift 500 pounds, you know, like it gave every bit of stat you could. Mhm. Even if like every single character, even like you know Aunt May or like you yes, know, the, the 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 you know Peter Parker's dog from the you know the the, the cartoon you know just, is this everybody you could ever think of? So for the comic trivia nerd, that was just gold. Yeah, 
and and all those mag the, all the comic covers all like if you wanted to you could rip them all apart and line them on your wall and they all were every character running it was amazing mm-hmm. so i i got to say that 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 scene really really got me got me good because I, I wasn't expecting them to do that at this point i don't know i can't say that i was expecting them to do it at all but i had theories that it could happen i just didn't know when yeah because you figure there's going to be more coming with maggie and at least or or the the father the one who i guess he was, he was also hiding the fact that you know she was matt's mom too so you know we'll see if he comes back in or not yeah we'll see about that that's that's an interesting clue i she he has to know right um yeah i'm sure he he knows and yeah. he's been keeping the secret from matt which is hilarious because you know matt's i guess in confession you know outpouring his soul and his his secrets to the priest meanwhile he's keeping probably one of the biggest secrets of all that hey by the way this nun over here that's your mom yeah <laughs> you know i will give it up for i, I i've said this before and and I, i'll regurgitate myself you know the villain's at least in one and one and three have been so well executed and fleshed. I really have stakes in seeing where bullseye goes. Cause he's way more interesting of a character here than in the comics. In the comics, he's just kind of a psycho that can, that can, you know, ricochet things. And here we, we actually get a, a good, a good feel for an origin story. Yeah, he's not just your average mustache twirling villain. There's actually, you know, they actually flesh out, you know, how he became, you know, ultimately what he's going to become, like how he got from point A to point B. And it really makes you feel for him. Like you really, I, I was really hoping, kind of in a way that he wouldn't become bullseye. Like, hey man, you know, cling on to Julie, get your life together. You, you can do it. When really you know he's not, but they they really rope you in that way. Yeah, and what at the same time it's like, well, but I do want to see Bullseye, but I've never seen this side of him. You know, usually, quote the villain. You know, if it if well if executed well, you can understand his motivations. Like for example, Thanos. I think I brought this up before in other conversations. Is like I can almost get where he's actually thinking of himself as as doing something that no one else can do and it's all for the good the greater good yeah i mean in, in his mind he's doing right you know the right thing you know he's he's fixing a problem he's he's he cares he wants to help and this is the way he's decided to do that and you you can you can believe it you, you don't agree with it but you can believe it right i'm still not clear and maybe you can help is what is Wilson's Fisk? What what is his true end game? Because I don't think it's just eliminating his competition. But maybe I'm wrong. I think that seems really shallow. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess if he's going to become, you know, the ultimate, you know, basically behind the scenes authority, you know, or you know, crime boss slash political, you know machinations or whatever he's going to do you know, he's he's going to basically rule new york and have everybody work for him if that's but that's still like a power grab thing yeah, yeah i i just i didn't see that I, and i and they haven't talked about vanessa which i'm still convinced 
that that's a big part of this season, but I haven't heard anything about that recently at all. No, it's been pretty quiet for the last several episodes. They haven't really talked about it that often. Yeah, and see, I, I, I still have a feeling that that's going to be something that's going to to transpire. The way in which at least these four episodes have interweaved, I can only assume that we're going to get payoffs in, in, in regards to Vanessa. Yeah, I mean, maybe now that, that Fisk is getting more in control and more comfortable, I guess, you know, ruling from his ivory tower, so to speak. Yeah. You know, he, he might summon her or might, you know, have her come back. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, another side note, as the plot thickens between the Netflix, Marvel, uh, Disney uh, dismantling, if you will. Um, I've, I've been kind of talking about it as these episodes have been going on. Of course, uh, it was no surprise. Frank the Tank, Punisher, and Jessica Jones have been canceled. Yeah, I mean, we knew it was coming. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm surprised that they announced Jessica Jones was canceled before they even debuted the episodes and not waited a couple weeks, at least for that part. But I, I guess at that point, you would just figure out, well, if they canceled, you know, four out of the five, they didn't have to do the other one. So what? What the hell? Hey, everybody, we're canceling everything. You know? And amazingly, I haven't heard anything from Kristen Ritter. Uh, John Barenthal was very outspoken. Um, so was Eminem, who apparently yeah. was a part of the uh, Punisher universe uh, at some point. Yeah, there's some kind of. I, I just read the you know the, the tagline or the quick line. Some kind of like Eminem slash Punisher. I was like a comic series or issue. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it, but yeah, that struck me as odd. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Eminem went on uh, Twitter and basically told Netflix, "You blew it." And so, and Barenthal uh, had had made some sort of comment within that. Um, and then just today, that's. Uh, when I'm recording this on a Saturday, um, some of the tried and true Daredevil fans actually bought time in Times Square for a hashtag Save Daredevil um, ad campaign. <laughs> well, hey, I guess if they can get it to work, I'm I'm all in. I I mean, I have the greatest admiration and hope. However. I don't think there's much that can bring down the Disney machine at this point. Yeah, I mean the the, the bridges between Netflix and Disney they're they're burned, blowed up. You know, they're, yeah, they're gone. There's so. nothing there. Uh, so, you know, again, I, I I hate to say it, but I think their attempts are completely in vain. Um, but I admire and will help them as much as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I signed. Was it? Um, the guy that plays Kingpin, um, he had some kind of like writing campaign, or he had something where he could sign up or you know do a petition also to you know bring Daredevil back. So yeah, that. It, but and it, it's it's not going to work. I mean, no, it, no. Marvel owned Marvel slash Disney owns the rights, and they can do whatever they want with it. So. Yeah, I think the part that really bothers me, the part that really kind of just makes it hurt a little bit worse, is. It's not going to be a smooth transition, and it's a two-year transition. So there's no, even if they even filmed uh, season four, 
we don't get to see it for another two years. Right. And there's probably issues with, you know, the production companies, the actors, contracts, you know, who knows? I mean, yeah, there, there's some sort of stim, like stipulation that was put in place and it was a non-compete for two years. And so none of these, except for one, can be on any other platform for two years. The only one that's not a part of this is our savior, Frank Castle. Oh, really? Yes. In theory, now this is completely hypothetical, they could make uh, Punisher 3 like right now, and they could they could have it go on whatever this Disney Plus is, Hulu, whatever it might be. That's the only one that could circumvent the two-year gap. So could they maybe bring in some characters from other series then, or are they kind of locked down to just you know Frank's people? I Frank's think people. that they cannot. I think. Because at least Karen's been in both Punishers and obviously Daredevil, so maybe she might be able to. But it, who knows? I but it's very it's 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 possible. But I I don't think that they can use that as the as the super loophole and create kind of like Punisher Land and just bring everybody yeah. everybody through that portal. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of done until like yeah, two years from now when Disney decides to reboot it or not, and at that point, yeah, I mean, everybody's gone on different things. So, could you get Charlie Cox? Could you get Deborah Ann Wool? Could you get John Barenthal? Maybe, depending, you know, who knows? But yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I still, I still have hard hope for putting something like The Punisher on Disney streaming. I, I just, I don't know what that looks like. I can't, I can't put my head on it. Yeah, if it goes to Disney Plus, no. I mean, it's not going to be anything at all like what we've seen. It's, it's going to have to go to Hulu, or if they want to do it on broadcast TV, like FX or FXX, have like a little like Legion kind of thing going on. But but yeah, it's not going to be on Disney Plus for sure. I I I, I can't see it. Or it's going to be like some dumbed down kitty, you know, like you know, he shoots people, but the, you know, there's no blood. You know, you, you don't see, any, you know, they just get knocked down because they're, they're all rubber bullets or whatever. It's just, it's going to be totally stupid. And not it's it would be a caricature of you know, and that's even if they can get the talent, right? I mean, I don't know, John Barenthal, the guy's phenomenal. So I don't know, and in I I have a feeling in two years he's not going to be able to be contracted for that type of length of work. Yeah, so probably what we know is is done. Just, I mean, I'll. I'll you know, have hope in the back of my mind that if it comes out, great. I'm all, I'll, I'll be behind it. I'll watch it. I'll buy it. Whatever. But realistically, yeah, I think this this era is over. Yeah, unfortunately. Thanks, Disney. And this is why I'm not giving Disney any money for Disney Plus. <laughs> now, yeah, within their they shell might, companies, they, they, they might get me for uh, the the Star Wars live action, but. I might hold out. I don't have to get get it day one. I, I probably I might wait and you know binge it at the end of the season or something. Yeah, well, I think I have enough people out there that know how to bootleg things that I don't even need to worry about it. True. 
maybe maybe a member of our team that that does an exceptional job of finding things that I don't necessarily want to look for, and it comes right down and I get to see it. It's all like my own personal streaming service. There you go. And yeah, it doesn't cost anything. That's right. Except, uh, of course, we could just go into the whole piracy mode, but we're not. We're not. We're not. No, nope, because we don't do that sort of thing. That's right. Nice citizens. Yes. Yes. Um. So I am super happy that you were able to share this episode with me, and I'm glad you gave me the the prep that this was going to be a dense one because it might it's not my favorite episode so far, but it's definitely in the top three for sure. Yep, it's definitely a roller coaster, and it only gets better from here. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Ugh, that's exciting. Ah, so glad it, this has been a slow burn. Well, Eric, thank you for joining me in this kitchen of hell. And I hope to have you back here very soon. If not in this genre, maybe in another. Yeah. Punisher 2 awaits. That's right. All right. See you later, folks. Very nice. Yeah, that was good. Thank you.